Welcome to the Wild Soul Cast. I'm your host, Anna Kinkela. This is a sacred space where we hold deep conversations on spirituality, conscious leadership, feminism, creativity, and how to more meaningfully and intentionally nurture connection within ourselves and with others. Welcome to episode six of the Wild Soul Cast. This is your host, Anna Kinkela, and this is going to be the first episode starting a five-part series on how you can embody your leadership and your whole self through really tuning into and deepening in your relationship with the five elements of nature. If you tuned in last week, I had the beautiful opportunity to dive into conversation with an Ayurvedic practitioner, Sandhya Ramaswamy, and she really talked about the Ayurvedic approach to understanding the physical body through the five elements. The conversation really dove into all of the different layers of how we embody these elements in our life, so certainly We embody them in the physical realm, but how does that manifest in the emotional, the mental, and the spiritual realm, right? So this conversation, if you haven't listened to it yet, I highly recommend you check it out even before diving into the series because it will provide just a really helpful ground for the discussions we're going to be having in the next five episodes. The way that I talk about the five elements is certainly informed and inspired by Ayurveda um, because I am trained as a yoga practitioner um, and I learned a lot about Ayurveda in that process. However, it is not Ayurveda in and of itself because I'm not an Ayurvedic practitioner and my understanding of the elements is inspired by Ayurveda, but I've also integrated a lot of the things that I know from my training as a therapist and from my own practices that I've integrated over the years in how I really see this and understand this playing out in our everyday life. So I just wanted to make a note of that. And really the prior episode dives deep into the Ayurvedic understanding. And this series is really going to be inspired by that and also um, really builds upon it and integrates all of my training knowledge and my own practices. Before we dive into talking about the first element, the element of air, I want to position this model and this way of understanding your leadership in life and business within the framework that I really think of when I think of my clients, when I think of how I show up in my life and in my business. And that's really comes back to this elemental understanding that we are all interconnected with nature and that our creative being, which is really the core of who we are, whether we practice it or recognize it or not, is reflected in nature. 
And so I have a very deep personal connection with nature. I get fueled by nature. I get inspired by nature. And whenever I want to connect with the divine within me, I go to nature to do that. So for me, nature is the gateway. It is the gateway to understanding ourselves at a deeper level. And nature is also a gateway into our physical body in a way that we often cannot logically access that we really have to feel into because diving into the five elements is a very much a full body experience. It's an experience of all of the five senses and it's not just in our conscious realm. It really helps us to connect on an unconscious level. We have so many memories, so many associations from ancestral lineage, from past lives, from our childhood memories that connect with the five senses and that connect with these elements of nature. And so understanding who we are at an embodied level starts by us recognizing our relationship to all of these different areas of our life, areas of our experience, which we are really being guided to through understanding the elements and how we relate to them in our life. So each one of the elements really represents an aspect of who we are and who we are as humans and spiritual beings. So it's just such a beautiful and experiential way of learning about ourselves from this rooted, deep, soulful avenue that really only opens itself up when we understand and feel into our relationship with nature and what that's reflecting to us. So everything that I'm going to be talking about in the next five episodes as I release them is going to have a lot of layers to it. And these episodes are going to both be teaching, but also offering opportunities for you to experientially experience this in your own leadership, in your own life and how you show up. And so I'd really encourage you to listen and maybe listen several times and then really go outside and experience that particular element, put it on your altar, Um, really integrate it into how you are thinking about things, how you are approaching things, and just be curious about the entire thing. Because this is really, it's not a cookie cutter model. It's not like follow these steps and these ways of interacting with these elements and you will, you know, be whole or be embodied. No, it's, it's your journey. It's your own individual journey through that. And everyone is going to have a different experience within each element. Because as you heard from Sandhya last week, each one of us has a different percentage of these elements in our body and in our experience. So how we walk with these elements, how we experience these elements in our own individual journey is going to be so reflective of how these elements are already playing out for us. And it also gives you an opportunity to actually deepen within certain areas that perhaps you haven't accessed. And therefore, it can help to really 
shift how that element is manifesting and playing out in your life. So as Sandhya said last week, we all have all of these elements within us, right? We are all made of stars, but it's just a little bit of a different type of ingredient in each one of us. And that is actually what makes our leadership unique and really individual to who we are as a soul, as a being walking within a human existence. So this is such an exploration. It's a playground. It's your opportunity to shift out of the thinking mind and into the feeling and experiencing space within you. This five episode series is also such a good taste and glance at how I conceptualize embodying leadership and how I approach that work with my clients. And it's coming at the very beginning of me releasing my new group program, Embodied Wildness, where the program is really structured according to the five elements and the journey really takes you through integrating your shadow and embodying and stepping into your light. And we do that through this exploration of the five elements. So this is just such a good glimpse into how I understand how I experience this in my own life and how I guide my clients through this work. So um, if you want to learn more about the group program or what it's about, what you can expect, what the transformation looks like, there is a link in the notes section of the podcast where you can go ahead and learn more about it and also find contact information if you'd like to message me to find out more. So without further ado, let's dive into the element of air. Before we get into the deeper meaning of the air element, I want you to just take a quick moment to tune into memories, associations, feelings that you have about the air element and how that feels for you in your own body, in your own experience. So what do you think of when you think about air? Is there an image that shows up? Is there a thought that shows up? Is there a memory that shows up? Feel free to pause the podcast if you want some time to reflect on it and tune into it. For me, in my own experience, I really think about the wind when I think about air. I think about the wind on top of a mountain and how I feel when the wind is very strong and I feel like it can pick me up and take me away somewhere versus when the wind is soft and gentle and feels like it's caressing my cheek. I also think about the space between things, the busyness or the pauses in between moments, in between thoughts, in between people, in between things, right? It's, it's the pause for me. And so those are just some associations that I have, and some of them are connected to meditations that I've done or just memories that are tied to me experiencing the wind and my own connection with air. In 
metaphorical sense in just the emotional, mental, spiritual sense, air really represents thoughts. It's a manifestation of our relationship with our thoughts. And this is in alignment with Ayurveda and what we talked about last week, just on that foundational level. And, you know, when I think about our relationship with our thoughts, we all have a little bit of a different relationship with our thoughts, right? For some of us, our thoughts are something that feel like a demon, a persecution, like our thoughts can feel really overwhelming for us. And it can feel like we have too many thoughts, right? So too much air, too much air is concentrated perhaps in the mind, in our upper body, and we might tend to get overwhelmed or taken on a ride by our thoughts, by the way that we see and understand things. And it can be difficult to perhaps be the observer rather than being completely immersed within whatever story we are living through. And so you might hear that quite a bit in meditation, right? You practice this in meditation in many different ways and that you are practicing being the observer of what is unfolding in your mind. And as a human, we are all attached and fused with our thinking process to some extent because the thoughts are really a manifestation of our ego self that's reflecting back something we've experienced, learned, or perhaps have deep knowledge of from our ancestors or past lives, right? That's being reflected in how we are thinking about something. And if you're, if you've done any personal development work or, you know, anything about psychology or, um, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy, you know that the thoughts are really our landscape, right? The thoughts that we have, the way that we think about things create our reality. And one of the things that I really deeply believe as I've done this work, as I've um, you know, been a therapist myself and worked with lots of different clients is that our thoughts and our stories get vilified in that there's this tendency to say the way that you are thinking is wrong or bad and you need to kind of get out of that way of thinking in order to change your reality, right? And so on many levels, yes, if we shift the way that we are thinking about what we see in front of us, how we experience something that will change our experience of that thing and potentially make it more positive. And if we see it differently, then our outer world will start to shift and things will start to take a different shape in our life. And so while that's certainly true, one of the things that I really want to get away from is this categorization of our thoughts and our current story as something that's bad or that we're bad for having those thoughts or this push and need to change them. Because what I've seen happen is that when we approach our thoughts from that very conscious, logical level of this thought isn't really serving me and I need to change it. We're more in the energy of pushing ourselves to believe something that at our core right now, at the core of our ego, 
is not really holding true. So there's this huge disconnect that I see in the women that I work with where they know and they even like have this really contentious relationship to certain thoughts, but they've really struggled to fully change the way that they're thinking. So they're not believing whatever thought they want to introduce into their life. And while I think it's important for us to, of course, shift our perspective because that's what creates change, it doesn't really help for us to vilify or create a contentious relationship with our thoughts. And when people get into the space of doing personal development work and they're not seeing the shifts and changes that they want to see, there's often a lot of frustration and anger that comes up about not being able to shift our beliefs, right? And the reality is, is that your thoughts, your beliefs, your ways of seeing the world are there for a reason. It's not coming out of the blue and it's not because you're doing it wrong. It's because you've had certain experiences or you've inherited certain ways of being or thinking from family, from ancestors, from past lives, whatever that space is. And it's embedded itself in your consciousness. And so the answer is not to say that thought is bad or, you know, that thought isn't actually true because it is true for you right now. It is the reality that you are living in. Doesn't mean that we're not going to try to shift it, right? But it does mean that it's important for us to acknowledge that this is truth for you right now. And only from this space of acceptance of what our current truth is and developing a different relationship with how we move and really interact with our thoughts, can we start to integrate our story in a different way, reclaim our story, and then naturally start to shift it with time, right? This isn't something we force. This is something we allow to unfold within us as we develop a different relationship with that element, with that part of our spiritual, emotional, mental body. And when I think about this idea of changing our thoughts, I really see it as this very masculine energy, which isn't bad per se, but it's very like push energy. And one of the things that I think you know, especially the women that I work with struggle with is the high inner critic, right? That they have this inner critic in their mind that's continually telling them they're wrong, they're not enough, they're not doing enough. And a lot of women have this, a lot of people in general have this. And the more that you actually push, the more contentious that relationship with the inner critic is. So one of the ways that I really approach leadership and this work is to approach it from an integration perspective, not from a push perspective, but how can we flow with this and integrate it instead of force it into being because forcing never really works. And so if you are someone who has you know, a lot of thoughts or like thoughts feel overwhelming or it just feels like this track that keeps on replaying itself over and over again. And it feels like it's really hard for you to detach from the experience and not be immersed in the ego perspective of everything, then it's going to become harder if we start to kind of force kind of like ego death or just kind of force another perspective onto ourselves. So there has to be 
a space for you to really witness those thoughts for what they are, to honor how they've helped you, how they've protected you, how they've gotten you to where you are now. And only from that space are we actually able to release attachment to some of the stories that we've held for a long time. Intrinsically, this comes down to doing shadow work with our thoughts. And so it's tuning into the shadow of the air element. And so when you think about the shadow pieces that come up with the air element, what is it that comes to mind for you? And then on another level, how does the air element manifest? How is your experience of air and thoughts within your own life within your own everyday conscious reality, right? So do you feel like you have a lot of energy and air in the upper body? Or does it feel like the air element isn't as strong in you that you can kind of witness the thoughts? Sure, you get fused with them like any human being does, but they don't feel overwhelming. The inner critic isn't as loud and you feel like you can witness her and see her and not always attached to the story, right? So, you know, and like I said, everyone has the air element within their experience, within their physical body, within their emotional, mental body. Um, And the amount of air that's there is just about how balanced you are at any given moment. Um, What's going on in your life, right? What's playing out for you? And so it's just kind of tuning into that that, you know, plus and minus of air, where is it? Does it feel balanced? Does it feel imbalanced? And so if you're someone who very much gets latched on to the ego identity, which we all do to some extent, but if you feel like you're really um, tied to it and you sink and fall with your thoughts and what you're thinking, right? And it's hard for you to get into that observer self. And if it feels like you know, it's hard for you to break patterns or break ways of being with your thoughts, with that ego part of yourself. And it's difficult to escape the overwhelm that comes with everything that comes in your mind, then there might be an excess of air that's playing out for you. And so, you know, if we look at things energetically, if there's a lot of air that's in the upper body, how can we really practice and encourage Um, the energy going downward into the physical space, into your roots, into the earth. And also, how can we encourage a different relationship and really shift that relationship with um, the thoughts and the mind and how that's playing out for you? So this is such a beautiful space to really begin shadow work because our thoughts, the things that we think and how we see the world are a good entryway into understanding the deeper unconscious patterning that lies within us. So this isn't just about identifying the surface thoughts that we all have. This is actually about diving deeper into the underlying ways and rules and beliefs that we have about ourselves at a very deep level. We all operate within certain rules that we've kind of determined for our life that, you know, we've inherited most likely from family, from culture, from society. And so they're the unwritten shoulds that we live by. 
And when we're in the process of reclaiming ourselves, reclaiming our wholeness, reclaiming the wildness within us, and really living and leading from our truth, from our power, and on our terms, then we have to know what those shoulds are, what those rules are. And even for the most self-aware woman, for the most, for the woman who's done a ton of self-development work, this is something that you always have to come back to. This is something that you always have to unpack for yourself because we live by rules just by the nature of us being humans. There's a certain structure that the rules provide us. And the rules are really on a very cosmic level, completely arbitrary. We make them up. And those rules kind of help our ego essentially kind of keep us in check and keep us within a certain realm, keep us safe, um, keep us where we've always been. And so part of the process of identifying the thoughts is actually identifying the underlying rules that we live by and then learning how to challenge those rules and look outside of those rules as we tune into what our truth, what our wild soul self is communicating to us. So this has so many layers of meaning, right? So one of the things that I covered is first, what is your relationship to air? What is your relationship to thoughts? How does that look like in your everyday lived experience? Is there a lot of air in the head, um, in the upper body? And then on another level, what is the substance of those thoughts? What's the weight? How do those thoughts move? How do those thoughts inform how you are being in your life? And where do they come from? And so this goes to you know, your experience of the weight of that and also the quality of those thoughts, the quality of the air. So certainly, you know, when we think of air, there's certain static qualities that uh, are true of air and how we experience air in our own bodies can really vary. So that's not static. So, you know, I think that this particular element really has you look at where is the energy, how much energy is there, how much air energy is there, and then what is the content of that energy? What is there, what has been created, and why, and what are the deeper stories that you live by? So we're not just looking at the conscious thoughts, we're actually through the conscious realm getting at deeper unconscious beliefs that we hold, that we operate from pretty automatically without necessarily having conscious awareness that we are operating from that space. So there's a lot of depth to tuning into this element within your own experience, within your own body, and then within how that is not just presenting in your physical realm, but also in your mental realm. Um, And that is really the focus of the air element. So then we come back to how does this relate to your leadership and how does this really help you shift into a different level of embodiment? As I mentioned at the very beginning of just talking about the element of air, one of the things that I touched on is that our relationship with our thoughts really determine how quickly we are able to shift out of a certain way of understanding and seeing something in our life or in our experience. Because when we're fighting against it, and when we have that push energy against it, the ego actually grips on harder and harder to keep us safe. 
because we are pushing. When we start to shift the relationship with our thoughts and really shift that dynamic and that quality that's happening both in our physical, mental, emotional, spiritual realm, then we are able to shed things much more quickly and we are able to enter into a different level of embodiment. Because if we're always fighting with our thoughts, if we're always in that push-pull of I can't detach from my thoughts, I'm stuck here, um, I'm really immersed in my ego speak, right? Then it's really hard for us to really embody something different and allow for that to shift naturally and as it's ready to. So developing a relationship with the air element and developing a relationship with our thoughts is all about looking at first the shadow of that, of how that's showing up for us, that's making our reality uncomfortable, that's making um, our everyday life uncomfortable, right? What is so uncomfortable for you about these thoughts and where do they come from and what are the rules that I live by? And then as we shift into how we can dive into the light, it's really about learning how to sit with those parts, give them attention, understand what their purpose and why they're there, right? And then the thoughts actually start to lessen. There's more room created in our mind and in our experience because we're not fighting against them. We are actually d- delving deeper into relationship with them and we're not in a battle. They're not the enemy. We start to feel them and be with them in a different way. And that's what actually starts to create more space for us to step into our soul, to step into what our soul is telling us. Whenever we're fighting against our thoughts, our thoughts become this monster and this unsurmountable mountain within us. But when we learn how to flow with our thoughts, when we learn how to really diffuse from our thinking process and assume a different relationship with them, then they don't become the monster. We see them for what they really are, that they're projections, that they're ways of understanding ourselves and our world around us based on our experiences. And it doesn't make it any less painful. We're still human. We're going to experience pain as it relates to this and as it relates to what we hear in our minds. But when we create space for us to have the experience, we're able to shift out of it much more quickly rather than staying stuck in it for weeks, months, or even years. And that's what I see a lot of people getting stuck in is that when the inner critic is strong, when the high achieving part of you is driving you so much into the doing, 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 the thoughts are actually so big and so intense and are driving you so strongly that you are not able to shift out of that mentality and into just being who you truly are and expressing that outwardly into your world because you're so preoccupied with the thinking and the doing and the energy and the upper body. And you're very stuck in the ego speak, so it makes it really difficult for you to actually access the soulful parts of you, the wild soul speak, that helps to really direct and give you clarity and helps to tune you into your intuition. So oftentimes when 
folks are coming to me where they're lost, where they're confused, it's usually an indication that you know, there is a lot of air energy happening for them in that space and that there's a lot of attachment to the air energy, the air element within um, their experience. So it's really common and we all get into these spaces at times. We all get into the spaces where we do get lost and confused, but it is really an indication that there's a surplus of the air element. And then what can help us to shift out of that is to definitely shift the energy physically downward through different practices that I integrate within the group, but also to shift the relationship that we have with our ego. And this is really at the core of the work that we do in the air element module and the core of the work that you just do when you start to develop a different relationship with your thoughts. One of the things that I really like to highlight as it relates to ego speak is that the aim here is not to obliterate the ego. The ego has an important function within our human experience and it does help us regulate and it helps us stay within certain bounds that are very appropriate for how we are living in our daily reality. So. The ego has important functions that we should not neglect. The ego definitely also sometimes creates negative consequences for us and prevents us from truly jumping into um, things that can stretch us in good ways, right? It can really muddy the waters when it comes to us taking direct, focused, and aligned action steps in our life and in our business. However, it, the ego is not bad, um, and we should not obliterate the ego, nor is that actually really possible in the human realm. It's more about learning how to flow with the ego and how to work together with it instead of against it. And that is really at the core of the work that we do in the air element um, and the work that we do within ourselves when we develop a different relationship with our thoughts. So it's never ego obliteration. It is always how do we flow with the ego and how do we really, you know, live a spiritual existence within our human experience. And that is very much a balancing act between the ego and our soul speak. So this, you know, initial dive really helps you to tease that out and to see what that experience might be like for you and helps you to transition into a different relationship with that so that we can really create more space for you to access that soul wisdom that is embedded in your body, that's embedded within your intuition, but that sometimes gets really blurred by how much air is present within your day-to-day -day experience and, and how you flow and move with your thoughts. So that is what I had for you on the element of air and our relationship with our thoughts. And so, you know, I'd love for you to just, if you haven't thought about some of the prompting questions that I posed in the podcast for you to try to tune into that and even meditate with it and meditate with the element of air, um, maybe go out in nature and see how you can experience air um, whether it's, you know, through the wind or some other association that you have with that. And, you know, perhaps place a representation of air on your altar and, 
you know, really tune into the flow and the movement of thoughts within your own experience and observe how that is for you and what shows up for you in that space. So take this opportunity to experience it for yourself and to consult your own inner wisdom and really note how these things play out for you, what your relationship to air, to thoughts is. Um, and, you know, also I think it's important to recognize that this is going to change over the course of our life. And sometimes there are times in our life where air is more present and other times when it's not. So that's good to tune into the pattern of that as well. Thank you for tuning into today's episode. I so value your presence here. If you love what you're hearing, please do subscribe to the podcast if you aren't already subscribed and leave us a review and let us know how much you're enjoying this space and listening in. Tune in for the next installment where I'll be diving into the water element, which represents our emotional realm and our relationship to emotions. And we all tend to have a certain kind of relationship with emotions. And so do tune in because there's going to be some great nuggets of wisdom in there and things for you to reflect on. Thank you for being here again, and I will see you all soon.